Hey, Macabre Mob, it's Shelby. And Tina. And we've got Jagger here today, if you hear a bell. She's going to be supervising us. We're going to be doing a deep dive into Taylor Shabiznis. So I guess first to start with, I got an email that I mentioned, I think, on the last episode. I think you did, yeah. And uh, Amber sent me an email kind of telling me a little bit about what's going on in Wisconsin. It made a lot of sense. I love the email. There's a lot of good information in it. I dove a little deeper. Basically, the gist of the uh, email was that there was so much alcohol in Wisconsin because it has a huge German, Polish, Irish, and Scandinavian population. That's why there's so many breweries there. Uh, people immigrated there to start a bunch of breweries, and it's a huge part of the culture there, and it's encouraged and tolerated to an unhealthy degree. Mm. It's said that, uh, I believe, Jagger. Stop. Oh my god. So I dove into that a little bit, and Wisconsin was the 30th state that was accepted into the Union in 1848. It was created in 1787 under the Northwest Ordinance. And of course, there's a whole lot of history there. Yeah. But it, besides the history, by 1829, more than 4,000 lead miners were there. But in the 1830s, North Europe immigrants started coming in. And by 1850, they had a population of about 300,000. So that, okay. that does show that there's a lot of immigrants coming over from Europe. Okay. German immigrants brought their love of German-style lagers, brewing techniques, and a pride to maintain their cultural identity. They didn't invent beer. Germans did not invent beer. That had been a long, long, long before. The Germans? Yeah, it, it's, okay. yeah, it's been German around. Beer? I have. Is it good? I, it's, uh, it is good. It. it is good. I don't feel like I could really... A test for German beer, though. I feel like I'd have to be there. With all the, you know, differences coming into the country and everything. However, Germany is very proud of their beer. They're actually the reason there is a beer purity law. What what does that mean, exactly? Well, around the world, lower quality beer was made with ingredients like uh, emmerwheat and maize, like corn and stuff but the combination of barley malt with Bavarian hops made the best quality and was required by the beer purity law of 1516 mandating that all beer be made from only barley hops and clean water and this this law was actually adopted through germany and is still in use today like it it was adopted all throughout europe and stuff now Beer is rooted really, really deep in Germany, aside from just making sure it's pure. It was actually produced in German monasteries since around the year 1000. Wow. Yeah, it was considered safer than drinking water. Oh, really? It was, and it was nutritious, Hmm. it had calories, and it was even seen good for small kids. Oh, so those, like, little kids? Yeah, yeah. Where I'm drinking beer? And I'm not even kidding whenever <laughs> I say they they used it to help keep them quiet, so. <laughs> <laughs> here, have this beer. Yeah, so, here, quiet down. <laughs> Sip on this. 
Germany has always had a really deep root in beer, and you can actually begin drinking soft alcohol in Germany at at the age of 16, and that Mm. is soft alcohol like beer and wine as opposed to hard liquors, vodka and stuff. Yeah, so uh, I found that very interesting. My mom was born in Germany. Yeah, I remember you telling me that. And she went to school in Germany for a little while, I do believe, kindergarten. I'm oh, not so sure how much longer. she was over there for a couple she, years. She was over there for a minute, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Poppy was in the army, so they were stationed over there for... It, it's been a minute. I, I haven't heard the whole story in a while, and I've heard several stories since then. But she was over there for a while. She did go to school over there. She uh, used to know how to count, but her memory ain't what it used to be. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well. I understand that. It's okay, Mom. It's schlibbedish. So, jumping back from Germany back into Wisconsin over here, by 1860, Wisconsin had about 200 breweries, over 40 just in Milwaukee. Almost every town had a brewery. And some of the towns were actually built around the breweries. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So there is a very deep root in breweries it in Wisconsin. So, yes, you're absolutely right on that point, Amber. There's a lot of history backing that up. 1850s, several states passed prohibition laws. You remember hearing about all that? Yes, I do. But Wisconsin said that they were just going to pass a law that made the tavern owners responsible for any cost associated with supporting drunks. They were like, mm, <laughs> well, the bartender's going to be responsible then. The, the owner's going to be responsible. We're not going to ban alcohol. That ain't going to happen. Of course, you know, that it was mainly because it was a heavy German population. And eventually, in 1851, it was revised to be even more mild. And then in 1919, when Prohibition really hit, Wisconsin amended it to manufacture and sell beer with a 2.75% alcohol content. So that whenever alcohol was completely banned in the U.S., Mm -hmm. they couldn't do it at all. Even Wisconsin was like, all right, well, we're going to just cut our alcohol content down to like half. (laughs) It's kind of weird that, you know, they try to ban alcohol way back in the day yeah and now you just go down the road and there's like a liquor store at every fucking corner liquor store (laughs) wine beer everything i mean it's crazy yeah yeah i actually change it's actually not very long ago a couple years ago i guess a few years ago now uh tennessee just passed a law that they could sell wine and stuff in grocery stores oh really yeah they um kroger and Publix and all that, they used to not have wine in there. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Which, we don't have a Kroger around here. But no, but, you got, well. y'all, y'all are, I guess we now are different in Alabama anyway. We used to have 99 cent gallons of milk till yeah. the pandemic. Oh, yeah. That was nice. I missed that. Anyways, the prohibition ended in 1933. So, it it didn't really last too long for them anyway, and they still got around it, still getting a little bit of alcohol out, and I'm sure they just drank a fuck ton more. Yeah, probably. Wisconsin is strong about their, their alcohol. I mean, their baseball team is the Milwaukee Brewers. 
It is. <laughs> yeah, you never thought about no, that, did you? not really. And they are some of the producers of Miller, Schultz, Pabst, and Blatt's beers. I know you've heard of some of those. Yeah, at I've least. heard of some of them. Wisconsin actually ranks number four with the most DUIs in 2020 and 2021. That is something else that Amber touched on that I wanted to talk about. Amber says, I believe we have the most drunk driving offenses in the U.S. And also, Wisconsin is the only state besides Texas where it's legal to drink at bars at a minor as long as you're with a parent. There's no age limit. Now, I did look into that as well. That is true. That's really crazy. It is. As long as you are with a parent and the establishment is okay with it, Okay. You can be served alcohol at whatever so age. So the establishment can, can pretty much deny you. If yeah, you yeah. To. So I mean, it's not like uh, you can just go anywhere. But I'm sure there's some old bars and stuff in there. You can just walk in with your mom or dad at a young, honestly, young age. I wouldn't be surprised if they would just let them do it without their parents too. If they're like 18, 19, like 20. Yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of reasons, all kinds of, you know, especially in that area. And you got to think with the German influence, they're already able to drink young in their own country. Yeah. You bring that influence over here, you're not going to stop thinking the same way you did just because you crossed a big ocean. That's very true. So... Not only does Wisconsin rank number four with the most DUIs, not quite number one, but Montana's number one. Montana. Mm -hmm. There's nothing else to do out there, I guess. Uh, I'm not sure. I know someone from Montana, but I don't know him well. Yeah, yeah. Go go ride a lawnmower down the road and get a DUI. It's possible. A lot of people have done it. Yeah. But the number of individuals in Wisconsin with multiple DUIs is 44% higher than the national average. Wow. So... That's pretty high. That's multiple offenders. And I remember we saw some of the people we looked into had multiple DUIs. Yeah. Uh, Was it Steve, I I believe? I think so, yeah. I think Steve had, like, many, like, at least half a dozen. It was quite a few. So, it is legal to drink young... It is a heavily accepted thing in Wisconsin. So it seems like it's a normal thing. It, it is. So you're right. It is not the cheese. Said that uh, they have kick-ass cheese. Yeah. I guess I'm just going to have to try some real Wisconsin cheese sometime. I love some cheese. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. That's why I'm so big now. <laughs> in the email... There's also a huge problem with mental health. Wisconsin is very blue-collar, and when you add that to how many people have parents who were immigrants and grew up poor, people see mental health issues as a weakness. I'm from the South. You're from the South. Yes. I'm mental from- health is a weakness. Yes. You have had about- that drilled into your head since mm-hmm. you were a kid. Yeah, don't talk about your problems. Exactly. Just keep it to yourself, bottle it up, get over it. Mm-hmm. But that's not the way it works, is it? No. So, I completely understand where that's coming from. And unfortunately, that, that is a common thing everywhere. Um, yeah. It's it's not just Wisconsin. It does make a lot of sense, though. 
It, it does. does. So you mix that in with the heavy alcoholism up there. That that brings people into self-medicating with drugs and alcohol, as it was pointed out in the email to me. And that is totally right. It's kind of like down here. Yeah, I mean, how many people did you go to school with? I can answer this too. I was in a whole different town, but... How many people did you go to school with that you have seen get hooked on drugs later in life and Several. just ruin their life because of stuff they couldn't handle or deal with the right way? Well, it's like I was looking at the rest thing. Oh, yeah. And that's that's one of the things that we do. I went, to, <laughs> I went to school with and I was in band with. Yeah. And I'm like, I think that's that person. Let me look. Kind of went investigated yeah, on Facebook. And I was like, in. yeah, that's him. Yep. Yeah, so, I mean... It's it's really common, and it it probably affects someone you know in your family. Mm-hmm. It's that common. It's sad. End the stigma against mental health help, please. End the stigma. It it does not make you weak. In my eyes, and and I probably might catch some backlash for this, but in my eyes. Weakness is whenever you start coming up with excuses and using your mental disabilities or mental issues as a crutch. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm so depressed. I'm not going to be able to do anything. I get that. I've been there. You've been there. Yeah, of course. But eventually, you've got to just say, all right, I'm going to make myself do this. I'm going to make myself do that. And then I will have accomplished something. Mm Mm-hmm. You can't just keep saying, I'm so depressed, I'm just going to lay here for the rest of my life. You're not going to get anywhere no. in your life, you just lay there. No, you can't use it as a crutch. You've got to say, okay, I have sat here for this long and wallowed in my self-pity. Now I need to get help if I can't fix it myself. Yeah. You, you've got to reach out. And there's nothing wrong with asking nothing. for help. Nothing. That That is one of the biggest things I love about mine and Tina's relationship is we are good support systems for each other. If if one of us just have a bad day for no reason, we can lean on the other and just cry. No reason. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have a reason. Just cry, get it out, done. Or if there's something we want to talk about, just talk about it. And not only that, I've got family. You've got family. Mm-hmm. We've got other people we can talk to. And that's a fantastic thing. Even... I know you used to do the AOL chat back in yeah. the day. Okay, you can tell everybody my age. Yeah. <laughs> so, I know I, I met people on MySpace and all that. Yeah. Did you some not meet like, some MySpace? people? What's, yeah. what's MySpace? <laughs> That's pre-Twitter, pre-Facebook, yeah. pre-all that. You could actually meet people that you will never actually meet. And you can just talk to them. And sometimes you meet the right people that become friends. And mm-hmm. you've got, you can always get a support system. Yeah. I'm sure you met people like that on AOL or uh, whatever. Yeah, I probably do. You met some friends, I'm sure. You can always talk to someone. So, so reach out, get some help. And if you've got a way to go get professional help, that is fantastic. Go do it. You're not crazy. I've been to a mental hospital. I might be a little bit crazy, but <laughs> but I'll tell you what. Whenever I was in the mental hospital, there was a lot of people there that were not crazy. They needed a break from reality. They needed to get out of the world for a minute and just chill out. And you can do that. That's fine. Just take a break. Go Go relax. Go get your head right. 
But enough of that. I want to get into the the crazy stuff that we have watched hours and hours of stuff on. Yes. Lots. This Lots is why it's taken so long. It's, it's been three weeks. It's been three weeks, yeah. but Sorry. we watched we rewatched the trial. We rewatched the sentencing. We watched the sentencing since then, I believe, too. Yeah. We have spent hours digging into Facebooks. We have spent hours digging into websites and tons of stuff. Hours and hours of work into this. First of all, Steve, I am proud of you. You fixed your Facebook so it's private. <laughs> I can't yeah, snoop can't anymore. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if you heard us or if you got told by someone else or if you finally just got tired of the shit i don't know but good job man good job also um yeah i see y'all are still raising some money and i i do hope that y'all are using it well i hope y'all are doing well and i am still sorry that y'all are having to go through this i do hope that y'all heard me about that mental health thing y'all just go talk y'all went through a hell of a trauma just go talk now, on to business. So, since episode 30, I believe it was, this will be mm-hmm. 32, so there's going to be one in between. Yeah. But on episode 30, we didn't even finish the trial yet. We recorded with, I believe, a day left in the trial. So, the trial ended up being three days. They deliberated, I want to say, for like an hour or something. Maybe... So, yeah, it was only 50 minutes, actually. I just looked it up. So less than an hour. Less than an hour. It was pretty cut and dry. Yeah. So, we watched the sentencing, and she got sentenced to 25 to life with no chance of extended supervision, so no parole. She will die in prison. Yeah. I can't say I disagree. I don't either. I, I I learned a lot about her. Throughout yeah, we, this. Yeah. And, and I do. I do feel for her. Don't get me wrong. But I also feel for Shad. Yeah. Because he was the victim. Yeah. And some... There was actually a really good point made. And sad to say that it was by Taylor's husband. But whether or not Shad gave her the drugs, I don't know. But they did the drugs together. Yeah. He's not a 100% innocent. But... It's, he is the victim. It should not have gone like that. No. By any means. But he did have a record himself. He wasn't perfect, but none of us but are. Nobody's perfect. No one is. It's just whether you get caught or not and what you do. True. You, you do something that's not right. Something. And you've sped down the road. You've ran a red light. You've done something minor that's not right. Mm. It's not the same as drugs and murder, but... Yeah. It's still something. Two different levels there. So, Taylor Shabiznis, I have seen a lot of different birthdays. I've seen a lot of misinformation out there. Yeah, a lot. A lot of people say that it's not documented where and when she was born. She was not born in Green Bay. And she was not born in Texas. She was born in Evanston, Illinois, on November 23rd, 1997, as Taylor Denise Coronado. She was born to Arturo Coronado and Marla. 
They were married for about 10 years. They were together for about 15, 16. We'll get into that a little bit more. Okay. So, I don't know why this information is so wild. I guess people are just guessing at it. But Probably. This is stuff that most of the information I'm giving you today, most of the information Tina's giving you today, we got this directly from the trial and the, and the sentencing. Mm-hmm. This is all from the family's mouth. It's all documented. So, hopefully we can help get some of this misinformation out there fixed. Now, her grandma, Esther, helped raise her until she was about six or seven. I saw that she lived with her grandma. No, 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 no. She she helped raise her. That doesn't mean she lived with her. She still lived with her mom and dad. Like, she just helped take care of her. She'd come over, you know, whatever, babysit. That's what a lot of grandmas do. Yeah. And people just get everything so twisted, and and I don't understand. But I've got to say, I love Esther. Yeah. She She really seems like like a sweet lady. Oh, she is such a sweetheart. She's got a big heart. Oh, my God. And I, I I know that she's part of Taylor's family, and I know that she's taking care of Taylor's son. But, oh my god, guys, someone go start a GoFundMe for her because I don't know how to do that. But someone to go go start one for her because she deserves it. She is an amazing woman, and I feel like she's gone through a lot. She's like, in her 70s? I believe she's something? in, yeah. I remember her birthday was like... It was January 1st. 1940, it was in the 40-something. Uh, 42, I believe. 42, yeah. It, she, she's taking care of, a, like, a toddler. yeah. Um, actually, Mateo, the, the son, Taylor's son, just turned two, two October 3rd, 2023, in case you're listening to this in the far future. Hi, future. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, she, she deserves it, I think. I think she's just mm-hmm. a sweet old lady who, unfortunately, has some trouble in her family. Yeah. We've all got people like that. Like... I don't know, maybe, maybe there's something fucked up with her, but everything I've seen is sweet, she kind-hearted. She's like old, sweet grandma. So, someone out there, e- even if you're out in that community, if you see her, just give her a pat on the back, give her some help. Give her give her a high five, I don't know. Thank you, Esther. I, I will tell you that. Thank you for stepping up and being a kind person. Anyways... She helped raise Taylor until she was about six or seven, and then Esther and her husband moved to Catula, Texas. They they kept in touch. They would go visit, like, every year or whatever, but, you know, she kind of lost a little bit of that yeah. connection. Well, it's probably hard to keep, a con- like, a real connection when you live states apart. Well, yeah, I mean, you're looking at the top of the U.S. and the bottom of the U.S. It's, yeah. it's a ways. yeah. Taylor and her family, like her mom and dad and all them, Mm -hmm. they moved to Green Bay, Wisconsin in 2007, somewhere around 2007, 2008, because Art was working for Verizon and ended up moving there for his job. So that's how they got to Green Bay, Wisconsin. That was around 2007 or 8. Marla, her mom, passed away May 20th, 2009. She actually died from drinking problems Aww. and uh she she had cirrhosis of the liver and stuff she died at the age of 41 so she died pretty young pretty young 
And that that's one of those things that run in the family. So, addiction. So there's like an addiction problem in Marla's family? I would say so. Um, I know you and I looked into a lot of Facebooks into the family. Yeah. We don't want to throw a lot of names out there. No. Y'all have nothing to do with this. But they they seem to be a drinking family. Yeah. I don't know if it's necessarily problem drinking or if it's just social drinking. Yeah. I don't know them. I'm not going to speculate on it. But she she had a drinking problem. In fact, I remember you said you ran across something where Taylor supposedly said taking her, she took her first sip of alcohol at the age of six. That's what her attorney said. That's what her attorney, her that's attorney right. said. Yeah, and he's, citizen, I think. he's a joke. Oh my God. <laughs> but we'll, we'll get to him in a little bit because he's, yeah. he's a whole little bit extra. So Arturo, her dad, remarried to Katie. I'm not going to throw her last name out there, but I know who you are. Just about a year later. Now, I I looked on Facebook. I think it was a little more than a year, wasn't it? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I looked on Facebook. It looks like they got together November 2011. They got engaged that Christmas, and then they married November 5th, 2012. So that's more like two years. Yeah. But, well, I think the year came from Esther saying that she yeah. But, I mean... Yeah. Well, also, when you get older, time goes faster, yeah, so true. it's harder to keep up with time. Either way, that that's still kind of soon. Especially when you got young kids. Yeah. I mean, Taylor was only, like, what, 12 when her mom died? I think. I believe she was about half. 11 or 12. Yeah, because I think he said on the stand that she was about 11 and a half, and her brother yeah, was, like, right. nine and a half. Because he's about two years younger than mm-hmm. Taylor. So, you've got two kids. I mean... I can see why you would want to bring someone in to help you. Yeah. It makes you wonder if he was like, I need somebody to help me raise these kids. Yeah. Which, I I mean, I I can get that. But he met someone who already had three kids. Two of them lived with her from what I could see. The other, the third kid was living with her father. Okay. But now they're moving at least four kids in together. Yeah. But that's especially a big change for, like, a child at that age, losing your mom, and then bring this new person in your life, and then there's, like, kids. Two other kids, and then yeah, not only two that, other kids. Taylor and AJ, her brother, had to share the basement as their room. That yeah. that was their room. That's definitely what the Esther kept saying. Yeah. And I I admire Taylor for not complaining about it. As far as I heard from her grandma. Yeah. But, I mean, she would just kind of keep it to herself. But even her grandma could see that she was miserable. It makes me wonder, why did AJ and Taylor have to be in the basement and not the, like, why? Well, you know, honestly, I could see, since it was two other girls, I could see Taylor being upstairs with the girls or all three of the girls yeah. having the basement and AJ having his own room. That's how it should have been, so it's weird. Well, we saw some pictures of their home you on, know on Facebook and it looked like a big, nice house. Yeah, it did. Like, you only got it's two weird. rooms. I didn't even think about it, but whenever my dad had uh, married his 
I guess, latest ex-wife. I, I don't really know. Anyways, I at one time had two stepsisters, yeah. and I have a brother. Yeah. And we all had rooms there, but the way it worked out at one point was I and the two sisters shared one big room, and then yeah. my brother had his own room. See, that's what I would think it would be if it was a house with three bedrooms. What did she do? Give each daughter their own room and then made them stay in the basement? I, I don't know. It's like, weird. Like, wouldn't you make the girls stay in one room and then give AJ a room? Or at least have AJ the basement? So, you can obviously see uh, there's something weird there. Yeah. There's... Taylor wasn't happy. And she, I guess she started acting out in school a little bit. I, I could not figure out what it was it's probably I mean, she lost sealed. Her mom at a young age she did and it, it didn't say anything like she was getting into drugs or anything but i i know her dad said that she had like taken a band instrument from someone and ended up giving it back i also know that she was in band for a little bit oh really yeah so i i don't know if there's any correlation or if she was in band in illinois she played volleyball and soccer in Illinois. Okay. So I don't know if she maybe tried to get into a different sport. I don't know. But anyways, I couldn't really find out what the real big trouble was there. I did find out that her first job she got while she was up there before she moved down to Texas. Mm-hmm. Her first job was a cashier and cook at Big Beef City. Big Beef City. Big Beef City. I've never heard of Big Beef City. I haven't either, but I'll give y'all a shout-out. Y'all give me a (laughs) shout-out. Yeah, it's it's probably like a local thing. It said she would... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she she would do some cooking in the back, and she was a cashier, so I don't know if it was like a meat shop or if it was like a deli or something. I don't know. I didn't didn't actually look into it, but I am going to look into it because it, it does sound interesting. So, after she started getting into a little trouble in high school, her dad actually sent her to live with her grandma around the end of 2014 or early 2015. So, she got sent down to Catula, Texas. So, her grandma reported that while she was living in Texas with her, that, I mean, she was a typical teenager, like, Wanted to go hang out with her friends and stuff, yeah. you know, I mean, typical. We got a teenager. Oh, he is a handful sometimes. A teenager. And sometimes he can be so sweet, so I get where she's coming from. Yeah. But she didn't really get into trouble down there. She graduated 2016, everyone believes. I don't know. Taylor actually had, like, a spit mask over her face for her sentencing. Yeah. It looked like some fucking... Underwear. <laughs> some grandpa pant underwear. Yeah, like some whitey tidies. Yeah, or the Big-ass whitey tidies or something like... Oh, my... I don't know if it was because she attacked one of her attorneys at one time. Or I think... Because during the trial, she was getting bombarded with, oh my god, she was smiling during this. She was. And, she was smirking a lot. And she was. I mean, it's it's not wrong. But I'm wondering if her attorney decided to put that spit mask on her to cover her, her emotion. Hmm. Probably. Because then she couldn't smile and show everyone she's smiling. I mean, there's a couple times I could catch it in her eyes, but not very often. I had a lot of trouble reading her emotion through that, so I think that might be part of it. Could be. Because they also knew it was being live-streamed. Uh, I'm, I think Law and Crime was actually the only 
people that could be in there recording it. They had very strict rules they had to follow. They couldn't video certain people and stuff. They were couldn't they the audio. Only one in there? I think they were. I, I think I, I, I think I the saw, judge said that there were three cameras. I permitted. thought I saw something with court TV. There like, might have been like videos on like YouTube. There might have been. But I'm I, not 100 percent sure about. Either that. way, it was extremely strict. It was only I think the judge said three cameras, so it could have been two law and crime and one court TV or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how that works. But Taylor graduated 2016, and she decided to move back to Green Bay, Wisconsin. It sounds like she moved back in with her dad, got a job at Saputo Cheese, a factory where she was a machine operator. That would make sense about the cheese. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, actually, maybe maybe Saputo Cheese is the one we need to try. Maybe. Maybe. She she finally moved out on her own. She was living on her own. Her grandma attested to that. She went and saw Taylor's own apartment and everything. Everything was going pretty good for about three years. I think her dad said it was about three and a half years she worked at Saputo Cheese. But then I guess she met Warren. Sh- okay, I thought it was Sh- Chabot. It, I guess it's Chabot. It's Chabot. Chabot is what I keep hearing. So Chabot, Chabot, Ch- I don't know. I guess whenever she met him, things just completely changed. Like, even her dad said it was like night and day difference. Her grandma said that she stopped staying in contact with her. And she, I guess, got married February 14th, 2020 to him, according to the Facebook. Yeah, that's what I read. And I also saw in his arrest records that he was single at one point in 2019. And then whenever he was arrested in 2020, I believe it was, he was married. So, yeah. They, they are legally married and all that. And then that also adds up to whenever she got her name changed and all of that. Yeah. That name change is something else. <sighs> She'll business. So, a little bit about Warren because people have heard a little bit about him, but they don't know anything about him. Warren was born March 8th, 1992. So, he's a little bit older than Taylor. About five years. Five years, yeah. What people don't know is that he lived with a drug addict dad until he was 13, and then he was taken and placed in a foster home. He didn't really seem to have any problems in high school, but he got heavy into drugs right after high school. A lot of people don't think about what he went through as a child and what what got him into his position. So, he had a record of being in and out of jail since at least 2011, and it looks like it started kind of minor, and then he started getting into uh, heroin. Heroin was his big thing. Well, didn't you say his dad had a drug problem? Yes. Okay. His dad had a drug problem. Was he and in and out of jail, too? No, I didn't look into that too uh-huh. much. I actually didn't even get his dad's name. Uh, this This was stuff that I got from... His appeal letter. Oh, okay. okay. So th- this is all actually court document that I was reading. I would imagine so. He went to jail because if he got put in foster care. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure there's there a reason. reason. I'm sure because, I mean, CPS can get involved with really minor stuff sometimes, but usually there's some reason. And does it say anywhere like where his mom was? Mm. Where she was living. 
anything I about remember her seeing mom. something about it, but I, I want to say that his mom, like, took off or had the same issues. Oh, okay. It, she, he was not living with her, and I know that. But I, he's one of those that's self-medicating. He, he saw his dad do it. He got onto heroin. He thought, oh, this makes me feel good. All my problems go away. Started shooting it up. Started doing pills. He started breaking into houses. He started, you know, all this crazy shit. Just started spiraling down. Not getting the help you need. That that goes right back to what we were talking about in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Self-medicating. Completely the wrong way. So it led him into meeting Taylor and getting her on meth. Supposedly, that's the first time she was ever doing meth and introduced to it was with him. Yeah, it makes you wonder if she never met him, would she ever got on to meth? And I do wonder that. Would she ever did what she did, end up doing what she did? I do wonder that, because, I mean, she had this job for three and a half years. She met him, and even her dad said all she did was hang out with him all the time. Lost her job, didn't go to work or anything, just hung out with him. Sounds like they were always fucked up. Yeah, they probably were. I mean, anybody that changed their name to Shabizness. <laughs> what the hell? You got a point. Every time we're reading through anything, and I say Shabizness or Shabizness Empire or anything, Tina will bust in with a, she must have got that name changed while they were on meth. <laughs> I mean. it It is a hell of a name. I've seen some crazier ones, but... That's pretty crazy. I think that she just met the wrong guy. Yeah. From everything I heard about her from her family. Now, granted, this is from her family. But everything I heard about her is really good. Like, it was the drugs. Even her husband says in a letter, it was the meth. That yeah. changed her. She would never do this if it hadn't yeah, been for the meth. Yeah, that gave her the meth. So it's like, yeah, I mean that—that's—that's that's one of the things. Let me like. let me pull this letter up. So in this letter, he writes a little post for Facebook, you know, talking about, "Oh, babe, I look at her pictures every day. They keep me motivated." So on, so on. I ain't really worried about all that part. He says people probably want to know what happened May twenty third, twenty twenty two. Drugs were given to Taylor Shabizness from Shad while at his house. Yes, he is dead now, which I am sorry for him and his family. The truth is, though, drugs should have never been given to my wife. Which... But you the one introduced her to drugs? Yeah. That's... that's it's like... You're the one that got her started it. on meth. Yeah, right? It's like him saying, don't blame me for her being on drugs. Like, caught. Blame uh, him because... Pot, meat kettle. Yeah, like... Mm, no. Yeah, he... You did meth. You've been arrested for meth. You talk about beating your your meth charge. Like, okay, you can't do meth with someone and then be like, oh, it's his fault. Yeah. You, you can't. What the hell? The, the rest of the letter just pretty much says that uh, she she did do wrong. She She would have never done that had she not been on meth says that he should be held somewhat accountable, which I don't necessarily agree with that because we don't know where the meth was. The only thing I feel like he should be held accountable for is making a poor decision and doing meth. Yeah, plus how you know it wasn't her idea that night to like, hey, 
let's go smoke some meth. Yeah. And he'd just be like peer pressure and said, oh, okay, let's go do it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the, the whole was situation there. was bad. If you look at every party involved, none of them were necessarily the ideal life. Hmm. They they all had drugs and alcohol problems in their family. Every every party, everyone. Mm-hmm. It's it's just a bad situation that just got worse. Yeah, it definitely seems like he's trying to, in some type of way, put the blame on Shad because well he's one says about smoking meth or whatever. But yeah, uh, no. Can't, it, no. You're you're exactly right. Like can't do that. her family said. That Warren got Taylor started on meth. Yeah. You originally got her on meth just because you're in jail or prison, actually, I believe. And you're clean at this moment does not mean that you're all high and mighty and get to say anything because you got her started. Exactly. And even if you didn't get her started, just say she, she did do it before and no one knew. You did it with her. Yeah. So, you're just as guilty. You could have been Shad. True. So, easy now, boy. <laughs> easy now. She obviously needed help. Obviously, there were some things that were said about her being in uh, mental institutions before yeah, hospitals and stuff. Yeah, if knew that she had mental problems, mental problems and drugs do not mix. They never do. So why would you It intensifies your mental problems. And he he knows that she's diagnosed bipolar because he wrote in the letter B Y P O L A R and it it just made me smile bipolar. (laughs) It's B I for those of you who are wondering. You know she has mental problems. It was said that she had hallucinations at some point some hallucinations saw shadows or something Mm -hmm. and would hear some things now that was said by her dad and i don't know how much of her dad i believe yeah like some not so good things about him yeah so first of all yeah i understand he loves his daughter i understand he's there there's a bond there she loves him i i get that but He's not a very good person. He is currently in prison right now, right? Mm -hmm. He is currently in prison because he molested a child. Molested? I think it was whatever. It was raped. Raped? Mm -hmm. Okay, so one step further. Raped a child. She was only about 13, I believe. That's what I read. And even worse, it was someone close to his wife's family it was someone in his wife's family it's it's ridiculous it was done in his in his house i believe and the child's i don't know exactly it was done in a child's bedroom though yeah that's what i read so i so i I don't know if it was his house if it was another family member's house but it was the child's bedroom whatever it is it is is absolutely ridiculous, and thank God Katie got out of there. She divorced him. Yeah. Uh, Very she, smart, because a yeah. lot of women will sit there and stay with the man. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, that's... That shit. Like, uh-uh. No, she... Hell, she got the hell out of the whole state. So, good job, Katie. It's a fucked up person. I mean, he's got some issues before and after. 
after that as well. I mean, I'm sure, well, I guess not after, but he's he's got a bit of an attitude, too. Yeah, he definitely had an attitude with that attorney. Yeah, um... Mr. Coronado, good morning. Good morning. Um, sir, how old are you? 51. <clears throat> what is your date of birth? 524-72. Are you currently married, sir? I am not. Okay. Um, you are living in Green Bay, correct? Yeah, you know that, Chris. Okay. And uh, your daughter is Taylor Denise Shabusiness, is that fair? She is. <clears throat> um, who is your mother? Marla. Okay. And you were married to Marla for a while, sir? Of course. How many, how many years was it? We were together, we were married about 10, together about 15, 16. Did you live together in Wisconsin or some other Illinois. state? Illinois. Illinois. Illinois and Wisconsin. Okay. And where was your daughter, Taylor Chavizas, born? In Evanston, Illinois. Okay. Does Taylor um, have a sister or brother? She has a brother that passed away last year. Okay. What was his name? Aging, Arturo Drep. Okay. J-R-E-P. And why did he pass away? What happened? July 1st, last year, motorcycle accident. When you were living in Illinois uh, with your daughter, Taylor Chavizas, was she ever brought to a, a hospital at all? No. Okay. Did she ever receive any mental health treatment when you lived in Illinois? No. Okay. Um, did something happen to Taylor's uh, mother at some point? She passed away. Okay. She passed away May 20th, 2009, in her sleep. Did that take a toll on your daughter, Taylor? Well, of course. Okay. Uh, can you tell me a little took bit, a toll sir? On my, on my son as well and, and me. Okay. Right. It took a toll on everybody, correct? Yeah. yeah. And uh, when her mother passed away in, in May of 2009, how old was Taylor? Uh, 11, probably 11 and a half. Okay. My and son and daughter were, yeah, about 9 and a half, 11 and a half years old. Okay. Um, did Taylor go to school that day that her mother passed away? I tried to get him to go to school, but they knew something was going on. Okay. And they came back. Um, can you describe a little bit how the um, how the death of Taylor's mother took a toll on her or impacted her? Can you give me a little bit of commentary on that? Well, they were they were pretty young. I mean, obviously, you know, her mom's not around anymore, and you know, Marla was she was ill. So, just I guess they kind of they kind of knew what was going on, but uh, it was again it was unexpected. We watched the movie the night before and um, fell asleep, and I woke up and my wife was uh, already cold, already passed. You you found her? She's laying next to me. Okay. And what about the kids? What about Taylor? Did she see her mom in that state? They did not see. No, I did not allow that. Okay. But were the kids in the house? They were upstairs in their bedrooms. Okay. Um, after that occurred, did uh, you see any um, changes in Taylor's uh, behavior, first of all? She's a little rambunctious. Nothing, I mean, she, she played volleyball. She had a, a good amount of friends. 
she hung out with. She was a, a normal kid. Did things change at all for her? I wouldn't say too much. She got in trouble a little bit at school, but I don't know, something with a band instrument. Um, what happened with that? Oh, she just took somebody's band instrument and then returned it, but little nothing nothing major. Okay. Um, when did you come to Green Bay? What year? Do you know? Uh, 2000, I started working here in 2007. 2007? Where did you work at? Uh, I worked for Verizon. Okay. Before yeah, it was GTE, then turned into Verizon. Okay. Um, 18 years. Right. And um, when you came to Green Bay, did um, Taylor go to school here then? Of course. Of course. Where did she go to school? Uh, she went through uh, the Howard Somical School District. And then did she go to Bayport High School as well? Yes, sir. Did you get information that um, she was having issues at school? Well, yeah. What can you tell me? Uh, from what I can recall, just normal. Just kind of acting out, I guess. Just. There's a couple of little ins instances that happened in, in high school, but it's um, kind of why I yanked her out of there and, and uh, sent, her, sent her to Texas so she could graduate and kind of get away from the issues that were going on here. Uh, she went to Texas to live with her grandparents? Correct. When was that, do you know? Twenty seventeen, I believe, I'm not sure. Okay. How old was she in, in that, in 2017, do you know? She was seven, 16, 16 and a half, probably 17. 16, 17. How long did she live with her grandparents then in Texas? Uh, about a year, a little over a year until she graduated. Maybe two years. About, uh, a, what, about a year, maybe a year and a half. Was that Catula, Texas? That's correct. Um, was there a point where she got pregnant? Well, about a year and a half ago, maybe. Okay. And yeah. and she had a baby, correct? Yes, she did. And the baby is currently living in Texas with the grandparents, correct? Yeah. How is that relevant to anything here? Why, why do we need to talk about him? Let me, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. So before the baby was born, was she um, placed at Nicolay Psychiatric Center? Before the baby was born? Yeah. I, Possibly. Okay. Did you see her at the uh, Nicolay Psychiatric Center? Oh, she was yeah, there? yeah. I'm sorry. It's just so much going on. Um, it's through Brown County. Yeah, I, I went to uh, take her there myself, actually. Okay. Why did you and take her there? She just wasn't in the right state of mind. Was she suicidal? I probably. Was she psychotic? I Objection. Guess I, I don't think this witness has the ability to answer that question. Rephrase the question. Okay. Right. Was she um, experiencing like hallucinations? She just, things? yeah, she wasn't, she was not in a right state of mind at all. So I feared that she would hurt herself. So that's why I took her. We both agreed. We both went there together okay. and, and tried to get help. And um, and then ended up, ended up uh, uh, releasing her and she came home and that was about it. Okay. Was she prescribed some medications and things like that? She was at, at uh, that evening, 
no. But yeah, she has been on uh, some medications that she didn't, she'd never like taking those pills. I mean, they kind of messed her up even worse. Did they cause her to hallucinate or cause her to have I think it, all, start, it all started with a Seroquel that was taken, you know, back, you know, I don't, I don't understand too much about uh, those uh, prescription drugs, but they never agreed with her at all. Okay. And do you know the other medications that she was asked to take? Um, ADHD. Uh, Adderall, I believe. Anything about Haldol? I don't know. Okay. But I know she was prescribed some stuff, but I don't know the names. Okay. Did you talk to some of the uh, doctors or psychiatrists at the Nicolay Psychiatric Facility? I, I'm going to object. I think this witness can offer his observations and the facts that he's aware of from what he observed in Ms. business with respect to what he learned from doctors about her mental health conditions. We have professionals who are going to answer questions based on the on the records. Those people are better equipped to answer those questions. The information he received from doctors is hearsay. Uh, it's not hearsay. I didn't ask what they said. I just asked if you talked to the doctors, Your Honor. Sure. So the question that's pending isn't asking for hearsay. I think the objection was made because it sounds like that's where we're headed. So um, he can answer the question that was just asked, and then um, I'll just indicate, Mr. Freilich, that objection is probably coming if you go to the next step, but the question that's pending can be answered. So I think the question was, did you talk to anybody at Nicolay? I did. Okay. Ask another question. Mr. Okay. Um, did Taylor live with you in, in Green Bay for a while? For a little bit, yeah. Was that in 2021 or what year was it? I believe so, yeah. But okay. uh, again, uh, speaking to them and you know her being an adult, they really, even being a father, weren't allowed to disclose anything right you know sure uh when she lived with you sir what address did she live with you at 1130 moraine way and how long did she live with you just a few months did you ever did it ever come to a point where you didn't want her to stay there anymore because her behaviors were getting worse or her mental status was getting worse no i love my daughter so i do whatever it takes to help her out Did you ever review any of her uh, records at all? Objection. I don't think he can testify to the content. Again, I think it's the same objection. He can answer whether he reviewed them. He can't answer anything about the content of the records. Your Honor, the state, what they're trying to do is they're trying to anticipate an objection. They know this one is not an objectionable one, in my opinion. And any good parent, when you go to the doctor, you're going to talk with the, the physician or the psychologist or whoever it is. Um, about the status of your child. So uh, I'm just yeah. asking that. It's not like I didn't try. I, you know, I tried to talk to her. Wait. So I'm going, to, I'm going to overrule the objection at this point, and the question can be asked. Mr. Freilich, why don't you ask it again so the witness has it in his mind? Okay, Your Honor. I kind of forgot, so hopefully the... Did you review the, some of the records of your daughter? Did um, you review any of the records? Like at the, at the facility? Yes. Um, again, she was an adult at the time, and I can't, you know. The yeah, she was, was no. She was, really. yeah. Okay. When she was living um, at your house, sir, on Moraine Way, was she ever experiencing or um, experiencing any hallucinations or anything like, like that? Um, uh, yeah. Can you tell me about that? Uh, 
just know that she wasn't in the right frame of mind, you know, she, you know, kind of see things. She'd like to walk around and, you know, we take a walk, cemetery, just right down the street. <laughs> but um, she just needed, you know, just to kind of get out and walk around and, I guess, ease her mind. Did you have concerns about her from a physical or mental standpoint? Always. Okay. Always. All right. Thank you. Nothing further. I appreciate that. Do you have any cross-examination? Um, just briefly, um, Mr. Coronado, were you aware of whether or not your daughter was uh, employed during the time that she was residing with you on Moraine Way? I, she was not at the time at that, no. Um, do you know uh, anything about her employment history as an adult? Sure. And had she held jobs in the past? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, do you know where she worked? She worked for Saputo. She worked a couple of years, Saputo, three and a half years probably. And is that relatively recently? Uh, prior to her arrest, of course. That, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right, yeah, right. Prior to yeah, And she was doing really well there, too, until her uh, boyfriend slash husband got out of jail. That turned everything upside down. Yeah. In part because of the methamphetamine use, right? Yep. Um, so Taylor was doing pretty well, and then she started using the drugs. No further questions. Pretty, pretty bad drug, too. Anything uh, on that, Mr. Freilich? What was the drug? No, meth, meth, heroin, whatever else. I don't know. Marijuana? Yeah, I don't know. The kid was already doing that shit before, and just a fucking loser, and he got my daughter involved in that shit. Okay. Thank you, sir. Nothing else? Anything on that? Okay, thank you. You can step down. All right, so we actually took about a week break in the middle of recording this. Sorry about that. We were kind of losing our flow a little bit last week, and then we had... We had a very busy week yeah, after very that. Busy. Very busy week. Uh, found out that our Wednesday has breast cancer. That's our cat. That is our cat. And her name is Wednesday. Y'all have heard a little bit about her before. She's our black cat, though. She's about nine years old. Uh, she had a full mastectomy on one side. And she is about to go back and get a hysterectomy as well. And she's got a piece of toast around her neck right now. Yeah. So, she's our little toast cat. Yeah, she didn't like the cone that came no. from the vet. So, we but got her a piece of toast. A piece of toast. It's like a little comfy neck like pillow. Yeah, she's... uh. She likes it, though. She does. She's cut from, like, her armpit to her groin, is the way the doctor described it. Uh, Jaden keeps kind of poking fun about it being close to Halloween, and then I ag it on saying that she was trying to be like Frankenstein, so. Franken kitty. Yeah, our little Franken kitty. We don't have a Franken weenie, we have a Franken winnie. <laughs> so sorry about that, but we're gonna hop right back into it. We were trying to not lose the momentum of what we were trying to say, and I was feeling kind of luxury last week. Yeah. So, back to Taylor's dad, Arturo. 
So he already kind of, whenever he comes into the courtroom, he kind of has an attitude off the bat. A little bit. And honestly, that made me want to dig into him more. Yeah. Unfortunate for him, it made other people want to dig into him more, too. So, we we already know that, that he's charged with second-degree sexual assault of a child. It was really, he pled no contest to it. Which, when you plead no contest, it's basically saying that it's not saying I did it, but I won't be able to fight the evidence that you have. Okay. Is that what, okay. Yeah, so that's what no contest is. But, I mean, come on, he raped a 13-year-old girl. In in his care, basically, at the, no, not basically, just in his care at the time, wasn't it? I believe, I believe that's what I read. The lawyer that defended him during the sexual assault case. Uh, what was the name? Quinn Jolly. Quinn Jolly. Quinn Jolly. That's the same lawyer that started to defend Taylor Shabiznis. Well, so he's defending her father and then defending her too. Like father, one, like daughter. That's the one she attacked. Yeah. That's the one that all of a sudden, in the middle of trying to get a delay for the trial, I think it was. I'm not very sure. I don't remember. It was a while back, but they were in the courtroom. She just jumped up and, like, tried to elbow drop on him and tried to attack him right then and there. And then they, like, pinned her off to the side, finally. And she was like, oh, what happened? What's going on? Like, she didn't know what was going on. She just did that, so... Trying to plead like the insanity. Middle, yeah, that's yeah. insanity. Thing. Like, oh, look how crazy she is. Why would she do that in a courtroom? She must be crazy. Mm, it looks like an act, though. Yeah. But anyways, so that lawyer obviously withdrew after all that. I can't blame him. I can't blame him either. But I also wonder if maybe she had some kind of ill feelings towards him because... Her dad had to plead no contest instead of getting off on it. Yeah, because you never know if he told him it was better for him to plead no contest than to plead not guilty. And he's serving like a 12-year sentence. And then like go forth to a trial because, I mean, a lot of stuff comes out So, yeah, the victim would probably tell more about it. So, yeah, there's an absolute possibility there and... She's like, oh, fuck you, you made my dad go to prison for 12 years. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take my aggression out on you. Could be, you never know. I don't know. But that was definitely weird. However, that's not the only weird coincidence with lawyers. Yeah. Oh, Christopher Fralick, her defense attorney that actually went to trial with her and her sentencing and all that. Yeah, he's something else. He really is, like... Like... I really think, I think this guy's an idiot. I think if I was ever idiot. in trouble, I would not hire him in any way like, at all. I'll put it this way. I would call Saul Goodman before I called him. Saul Goodman? You know, better call Saul. Oh, um, okay. Breaking Bad, yeah, the idiot-ass yeah. lawyer. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would call him Breaking first. Breaking Bad, I didn't ever watch Better Call Saul, so I don't really know much about that show. This, this dude, well, I didn't really watch it too much, but... Assume from Breaking Bad? Yeah. yeah. I, I know enough about his lawyer practices from Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah. I would still uh, hire him first, okay? Uh, but this guy, 
Tina did some digging, and he was pretty much mainly a divorce attorney. Is what it seems like to me. And DUIs and stuff. Yeah, stuff like that. And I read some like the reviews, and they really wasn't that good. No, uh, in fact. He's got reviews on the internet from before he ever met Shabusiness about being the worst lawyer ever, or he doesn't follow through on what he says. He'll say that he's got proof that they're innocent, but he never files a motion on it. He he overbooks. Yeah, he overbooks and then tries to blame it on you for not making appointments. Yeah, didn't he try to get the judge like He to tried step to get a change st- of venue or a different judge? Yeah. I don't think he and the judge liked each other. They didn't seem to cuz no. Yeah. You you could definitely tell there was some kind of tension there, but I don't think it interfered with the trial whatsoever. No, I didn't. I do however think that Mr. Freilich should rethink about his profession yeah maybe i mean i mean he was saying a lot of people's names wrong he can't pronounce anything and uh uh when he uh talks it's uh you can tell he's like really trying to think about things and the only things that he really said trying to defend her was basically just reading off facts about what happened the night that she killed him yeah like, oh, there were How many these homes? cars in the driveway, and the house is Cape Cod style, and would you say there's a backyard? Yeah, you know, like... Okay. Oh, you're missing, like, the whole point. Yeah. Like, we don't care anything about the backyard, or if it has a backyard, because they didn't go to the backyard. Yeah. It has nothing to do with it. He's just... Like I told Tina whenever I, I realized it... It's just like he's trying to do a paper for a high school assignment, and he's just throwing filler in there just to make the time up. Yeah. It's ridiculous. But, I mean, she got the lawyer she deserved. Yeah. I think. But didn't he have a connection with the family? He did have a connection with the family. Kind of. I don't know if it was really... He actually defended Katie whenever she divorced Arturo. Yeah. So, he defended Taylor's stepmom and then went to defend Taylor. Well, did he more, like, represent her during the divorce? Oh, yeah. I don't know how that really works. Yeah. Yeah, represent. Wrong term, but yeah. Yeah, because I don't think he would defend her from a divorce. Uh, I don't know. Have you seen some of those divorces? Divorce court? (laughs) Yeah. Come on, there's some crazy shit out there. Uh he also, like you said, he mispronounces names like crazy. It's like he just doesn't care. And at one time, I remember the judge for Angen. Dr. Ingen. Dr. Ingen. She was the psychiatrist? Yeah, psychiatrist. she's the one that said that Taylor was competent to be in court and all that. Yeah, okay. He, he mispronounced her name. So many times oh, that yeah. even the judge said something to him, like, is it Injun or Angan? And he's like, oh, yeah, it's, it's Angan. And yeah. then <laughs> he still, he still continued. Like, 
The lady's name is not Engine. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Poor lady she knows. Not like, oh my god. <laughs> Christina Engen, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A-E-N-G-E-N. Dr. Engen, good afternoon. Dr. Christina Engen, Dr. Engen, Engen, Dr. Engen. Like if we wasn't in court, I would cuss you the fuck out. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. And he deserves it. Like, I feel like he was doing that to get under her skin a little bit. To get under everyone's skin a little bit. Like, oh, let's discredit her a little bit. It really makes him sound unprofessional when you can't say people's name. Like, I know I can't say things right. And I struggle, especially with my accent and everything. But, damn, that's so annoying when people can't say your name right. Well, Even after somebody said, hey, this is how you say my name. And, and then you still say it wrong. Okay, that's a doctor. So, we'll just say, we'll call that someone you meet their profession that is not going to matter too much to you for the case, right? Yeah. Well, what about Tara? He can't even say Pakanik. Oh, he couldn't? No, he says Pakanich. Oh, I didn't realize that. So he can't even (laughs) say her name right. Like, oh my God, your client killed her son and you can't even say the poor woman's name right? Ah, fuck, man. Was it Tara Pakinich? So, yeah, unprofessional. And a lot of people say he's unprofessional. Yeah, a lot of reviews. I mean, I'm not a lawyer. Don't get me wrong. I can't do that shit. No. You know, doing better than I am. Yeah, you know more than I do. Yeah, but maybe you should have thought about this before going through with it. Maybe you should have reached out and got a little help. Yeah. Well, I think he was by himself, and he might have been over there writing a book or something during the trial. I saw him writing a lot. I know he was writing notes, but, mm. I mean, all he did was read back the details. Yeah. Didn't try to... The only... Okay. My neighbor works for the city, so he's home just about all day in his giant truck, and he honks his horn every day when he leaves. Yeah. <sighs> Sorry about that. But, anyways, that's that's kind of what I've got to say about the lawyers there. Okay. Little little weird that there's a little overlapping there. I feel like there's some kind of conflict of interest in there, but... Yeah. I'm very surprised that the Jolly... Yeah, Quinn Jolly. Quinn Jolly got to represent... Taylor, this year representing her dad. Yeah, I feel like there would be some... I just don't know. I just don't know. It's it's just all weird. I feel like this case was so big, maybe they should have changed venue. Maybe. But I still don't think the outcome would have been any different. No. More information may have came out, but I still think she's exactly where she needs to be. Oh, uh, yeah. Most definitely. So, quick rundown. Taylor Denise Coronado, born Evanston, Illinois, November 23rd, 1997, to Arturo, Arturo and Marlo. Arturo and Marlo. Mm-hmm. Her grandma, they all lived up there in Illinois. Her grandma Esther and her grandpa helped raise her until she was about six or seven. Then they moved to Catula, Texas. Eventually, her family moved to Green Bay, Wisconsin around 2007 or so because her dad worked for Verizon and they 
Had to travel with that. Yeah. So they moved to Green Bay, Wisconsin, 2007-ish. Marla passed away May 20th, 2009 from most likely cirrhosis of the liver. She was only the age of 41. That's pretty young. It is really young. Only a year later is what is said, but her dad, Taylor's dad, remarried to Katie, and it looks like it was closer to about two years later. Either way, it still seems soon. So one of the things that her grandma kept pushing throughout the trial was she was young, she lost her mom, her dad remarried, felt like she was losing her dad, and yeah. then, you know, this continues on a little bit. Yeah, it's a lot different when you bring in somebody else and you have a kid. It really is. It really the is. like, mm, I don't know about this. And just a disclaimer, your kid should always come first oh, when you definitely. bring someone else in. Um, it did not sound like this was the case. It sounded like Taylor and her brother AJ got stuck in the basement. They didn't seem, or at least she didn't seem to have a very good relationship with her stepmom. I've heard she got into some trouble in high school. Yeah, it seemed like they didn't get along because by what the grandma said. Yeah, uh, it it just seemed like she was unhappy there. Yeah. Very unhappy. Acting out, but that could probably have been acting out because she lost her mom. Which is very likely. And, stuff. and didn't she try to commit suicide a couple yeah, times? Yeah, she did try to kill herself. I think she tried to cut her throat with a knife. Maybe. There was something, something, but her dad actually ended up stopping her and actually took her to go get help. She was diagnosed at that time. I don't remember exactly with what. Speaking of help, he needs one to get help, too. Yeah, he needs some help for sure. The fuck? Then she got into some trouble in high school or something was going on. I've heard she might have been expelled. I I don't really know anything. It's hard to find anything about high school. Yeah. It, it's just hard. So anyways, I guess her dad sent her to go live with her grandma in Catula, Texas. She graduated down there. She did pretty well, it seems like. Whenever she graduated, she came back up around 2017 or so to Green Bay. She started, I believe, living with her dad, started working at Saputa Cheese, ended up getting a place of her own, and then she, I guess, met Warren Chabot. Chabot. Yeah. Yeah, we heard different things. We heard that she met him because she was because, doing meth and he was her, her drug dealer. Yeah. But then I've heard that he's the reason she got onto meth, so I'm not very sure. I'm really not sure what it is. Which one it is. I do know that Shad had previous charges. I know he had had some trouble, and I know that he liked smoking meth, whereas Taylor liked shooting meth. So... They may or may not have done something before. Maybe she did get into some drugs in high school. Maybe it wasn't yeah. meth, but... Well, it is says she liked to smoke marijuana. Yeah. So, I mean, she did right. something. And we found that she claims her first sip of alcohol, or her dad's claim of... Who claimed that her first sip it of alcohol? It was her lawyer. Her lawyer claimed... I believe. ...that her first sip of alcohol was at six years old. So... So, I mean... It shows that she may have been self-medicating losing her mom. And I understand doing that. It's wrong. It's not a good way, but I understand that. So we're not sure if she met Warren because 
she was buying drugs from him or if it was through work or something, but she ended up getting real bad off on her drugs, got with him, kind of cut off the family, it sounds like. Mm -hmm. Didn't do anything, lost her job, became kind of a loser. Started getting in some trouble. She ran from the police a couple times. She tried to pull her over. She did. So starting after she got with Warren Shabo. June 21st, 2020 is whenever she was, like, going around and beating on people's doors, and she appeared to be under the influence of something. Mass? Yeah. So, people thought that she was crazy, so they were like, hey, can you do a welfare check on her? Like, something's going on. And whenever the cops came, she was like, why do I have to stop for you? And, you know, giving them attitude and stuff. And then she was talking about how she was on a different planet and shit right now. Probably hallucinating. She probably was. So she had actually told them that she had shot up earlier that day and showed them the track marks on her arms. So then some other officer showed up to the scene and she lost her shit again. And I guess it, like, tripped her out or something. Probably. But she, like, tried running to get away from him and stuff and, like, started to walk into oncoming traffic. They had to stop her so she wouldn't get hurt. So, I, I don't know. She was, she was acting crazy. She was, like, just randomly, like, uh, are you taking a shit and stuff like that? Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> she was weird, man. She was being really weird. Meth? Meth. That's it. Uh, just meth. Not once. Nah. So, Never. She also, like, was trying to kick the officer, obviously, whenever yeah, they were trying to... resisting arrest. Yeah. So she got resisting arrest and battery on the member of law enforcement. She entered no contest and all that. She That's where she was put on probation for three years, and she also had to go under a psychological evaluation. So this is where, legally, she starts getting into mental things. Yeah. Did she? I wonder if she went or the evaluation. Did she do that? Uh, just don't I. I don't think. I don't. I don't think she would have. I don't think she did. But her next brush with the law was only two months later. There was an officer that was trying to pull her over because she was speeding, but then she ran a red light, and then it led to a whole fucking high speed chase. Uh. But a lot of people in danger. The cops tried to do a pit maneuver on her, and it it didn't work. So, for some crazy reason, after she avoided the pit maneuver, she, like, took off trying to get to her, her dad's apartment. Yeah, she was like, mm, yeah, you it, know, it's up at me. Yeah, I'm like, going what? home. <laughs> I'm just going to make it home, and everything's going to be fine. I'm going to act like I was never out there. Like, what? Mm. This, this ain't going to work. No. She led them through this high-speed chase, got to the apartment complex, got out of the car, tried to run to the apartment, and anyways, you know, obviously she got caught. What was she thinking? They should go run the apartment, they're gonna go, damn. Well, she's in the house, so... (laughs) Guess we... We're we're gonna have to call that a day. Guess we ain't gonna get her. (sighs) Yeah, I, I don't know, that... That was dumb. I guess that's how meth brain works, because there was actually a little kit with a syringe and a crystal-like substance in the car. So it was positive for meth, and obviously she had been shooting up thinking that that was a good idea to do all that. Yeah, it wasn't a good idea. (laughs) 
So then she got charged with knowingly fleeing or eluding an officer, bell jumping, and not adhering to the guidelines for her probation from the previous offense, which was possession of drug paraphernalia and obstructing an officer, but I also wonder if she hadn't scheduled her appointment for the psychological evaluation Mm -hmm. as well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because that would be contempt. Uh, Yeah, because I feel like that wasn't her prop uh, priority list to do. Yeah. Yeah. So, for that, in January 2022, she received two years probation and three months in jail for the bell jumping. So, that local jail sentence for the bell jumping, it got reduced to house arrest and that's whenever she had the ankle monitor on that she cut off and decided to go fucking crazy and kill Shad. Mm. You remember so, they were already looking yeah, for that's true. Uh, it makes me wonder if she actually did jail time instead of being put on house arrest or whatever. And maybe she wouldn't have. Maybe she would have got the help that she needed. That's very possible. And she would have got cleaned up and got her son back and got her life together. Cause this all my, did all this happen after she had Mateo? No. Uh, Cause it well, says yeah. Because I know that... She had Mateo in October of 21. Yeah. Yeah. The first, the first thing happened in 2020, though, right? Yes. Wait. I know she had some problems, and she was... She must have been pregnant at this time when she was doing all this. June 2020 was before Mateo. January 22 would have been... After Mateo. Okay. So she would have been pregnant whenever she had gotten in trouble the second time. She would have been either pregnant or just had him. I'm not really sure how long it would take to get to January. Yeah. Well, she must have finally came back to Green Bay. Oh, yeah. She had already been in Green Bay. She came back in, to Green Bay in, like, how 2017 or so. I know she went up to Texas State at her grandma's so she could try to stay clean to have the baby. Yes. She wanted to go over there to have the baby, to have family and stuff, because that's the only family she had, because, I mean, her dad's a piece of shit. Let's be real. Warren's in jail for yeah, distributing she meth or something. because he passed away. Yeah, like, so, no, not not at this time. He didn't? No. Oh. When she had the baby was in 2021. 20, That's right. So, she went down there so she'd be around family. She didn't have Warren. She thought, you know, she'd be able to be clean and have the baby and all. So, she must not, after she had the baby, she must not stayed... It takes us very long so she went back down to Green Bay because if those charges were in 2022. Yeah, January 2022, yeah. Yeah, she she couldn't have stayed very long, but she only had the baby for less than 24 hours, I believe, or yeah. right at 24 hours. Which that makes me think that she was... And that was only in the hospital. More likely was still drugs when she was carrying She probably had drugs in her system or the baby could have been addicted to drugs whenever it was born. That's so sad. It is really sad. It is really, really sad. But for some reason, CPS immediately took the child 
and I'm going to assume drugs. It also makes me wonder if she went to Texas to be around her grandma because she knew her, she would have a better chance to the baby staying in the family. That's very possible. Like, she already know that there's going to be a chance that they're going to take this baby away from me. And, obviously, she can't count on her dad. No. He's well, no, shit. no. Don't need to be around any kids. Hell no. Her mom's gone. Yeah. Warren's in jail, and his family seem to be pieces of shit. I mean, he was in foster care himself. Yeah. So, there's, there's no one... I, I get where she's coming from. Yeah. I do. But, unfortunately, the baby couldn't come home for a month. Stayed with some other foster family while the grandma was trying to get the baby. Mm-hmm. Taylor went to a shelter so the baby could come home with grandma. It but it still month. took a month. Yeah. It still took a month. Like, Taylor still stayed at that shelter, though. Like, I do appreciate that. I'm glad to see that she cared so much about that baby that she would be willing to stay at a shelter instead of comfortable. Plus the, I remember when the baby, well I remember hearing when the baby was staying with his foster family, they did allow Taylor to see him. Some. Some. Yeah, for like a couple hours at a time or something. And and those are cute pictures actually. Yeah, it, it's really sad that she couldn't get her life straightened out for a kid. It really is. Because like, he deserves it. Yeah, like, some people will get straight clean when they have kids, and then some people will automatically just choose drugs over their kids, and I'll never understand that shit. I'll I, never. I won't either. Like. And, I mean, I've seen it happen in my face. Like, I've seen people do it. I've worked yeah. with people who do that on both sides, and it's just mind-blowing. I just, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, Jaden's not even physically or biologically mine, and I still couldn't do something like yeah, that. Yeah, I'll never understand that. I don't know. I'm, granted, I'm also not an addict. Thankfully, yeah. I've never had that issue because I'm too scared to try drugs, to be honest. <laughs> I'm well, too scared that I, I might like them, so I won't do it. I'm going to have the best teeth, but I like my teeth, and <laughs> if you see people on meth, especially white people, like... They got no teeth. Like, you don't know, like, is this lady, like, 30 or is she 80? Like, you don't know. <laughs> it's very, very true. You, you don't know. It's very true. Like, they they look like walking skeletons. I mean, yeah, it physically like, not only changes your dead. brain, but it, it physically changes your bone structure in your face. Mm-hmm. Like, you get meth jaw. It's a thing. Uh, yeah. It's a thing. I don't care how many of Snapchat filters you use. It's not going. It doesn't help. You can still tell. Yeah. Oh God. Oh God. So like, meth. Not even once. No. Please. Please just get away from it. I forgot what we were talking I about don't now. Know. <laughs> so now we're back to she had the baby. You know the baby's. By the way, the baby is being adopted by Grandma, so yeah. that is fantastic. I'm, Grandma Esther. Yeah, I know we, we say we want to yeah. leave the baby alone, and we do. And we want y'all to leave it alone, but at the same time, I was serious about that GoFundMe idea, like, for Esther. That would be awesome if someone could do that, because she's she's awesome. She really is. She's awesome. She sounds like a very good I wanna baby. Yeah, I want to give enough information out to let y'all know that the baby's good. The baby is with family, like... The baby should grow up good. Now, she kind of had a a bit of a dud with 
art, but yeah. I mean, everyone has a dud, so mm. and you learn from your mistakes. So hopefully, hopefully for Mateo, everything's great. I'm sure it is. She seems like a very caring, very very loving woman. Mm-hmm. I at least want to put that out there and let y'all know that he's not just going to be in some foster home where he may be mistreated or forgotten about or treated you know just like shit yeah so at least there's that good information so after she leaves she comes back up to green bay she can't be with the baby so why is she gonna stay there i get that you know i still would probably stay down there does she go back to green bay because because of warren is he in jail at this time yeah she goes back up to Green Bay. She gets in this all this trouble and shit. Okay, so yeah. His charges were from a traffic stop on November 13, 2020. So this would have all been during that time. His release date was supposed to be July 25th, 2024. Which is probably still the same, but... Uh, so it's like next, really next year? Yeah, next year. Next summer, maybe. I don't know if there's any like good time or... Any yeah. of that crap. She comes back up to Green Bay, and she obviously gets right back into the meth scene. Yeah, she, it doesn't seem like she wants to get help. No. See, now, I feel like if I was in that position, I understand addiction now, but my addiction to my kid would be stronger. I would yeah. still stay in Texas somewhere close and try to get myself straight, try to get myself a good, decent job, Try to have my own place, and try to have a place for the kid, and try to get my kid back. Yeah, you would think that, because I think if she did get clean, I think it seems like the grandma would have helped her get him back. Yeah, I'm sure she would have. But she seems like, oh, well, grandma's got the baby, so... So, I'm gonna go be a kid. Do what I want. She's gonna go smoke the bitch. Yeah. By the way, the bitch is meth. Most of y'all probably know that, but... That's what she loved to refer to it as. Okay. So when she's back up in Wisconsin, she and Warren, they're married. They they have some issues with trust, I guess. Cheating, this, yeah, that, or whatever. blame each other on cheating all the time, didn't they? Yeah. And I've also heard something about an open marriage. I don't... I just don't know. Yeah, that's like one very I, confusing relationship. Like, very, why are y'all together? Very I don't know if it's for the companionship, if it's for fuck buddy status, if it's for meth. I don't really know, but she and Shad hooked back up. They had been friends in high school and stuff. Didn't they date in high school, so to say? So, from what I've heard, I believe from Taylor... Was they knew each other a little bit in middle school. They dated a little bit, I think... For about a year or something in high school and they decided that they were better off friends and things just kind of split i guess when she moved to texas oh okay so she comes back and i guess tries to hook back up with him that's why i don't know if she had done meth before mm-hmm. did she do meth in high school before um, she moved to katula let's see the because Shad well, doesn't have the best family either. Well, when her dad was, what was it, the sentencing, mm-hmm. we brought him in, he said something about, 
or was it the trial? I can't remember which it was. But he blamed. But he was blaming Warren for Taylor getting on meth. Yeah. Like, it was his fault. So. Yeah, but it kind of uh, sounds like, I don't know. Yeah, kind of don't know. Because he also acted like she was kind of like this perfect little angel before. Yeah. So, was she? Because did you send her to go live with Grandma? Why? Uh, yeah, there, there's just some stuff missing there. But that's her father. and Yeah, it is. Is going to take it for his child. Which I get. Yeah, but... They spent the day together... Well, I guess they spent the evening together and the night, and they did some meth. They went and hung out at... Well, they went and saw his dad, his actual dad, Michael. Yeah, that's right. And then they went to her, quote-unquote, roommates. Because I don't think she was supposed to be there. Scott Tomes. She, they went over there. AJ was there with them, their friend. Yeah. Chopping uh, it chopping up. Chopping it up, yeah. And then she and Shad went back to his mom's and... Within, like, five minutes of getting there, they pulled out the chains. But first, when they got there, they beat on the door. It was one way. However, it was said that they didn't beat on the door. They rang the doorbell six times. Because that was Shad's key to yeah, get that's in. Yeah, uh, that's what Steve said. I was about to say his stepdad, but it's not his stepdad. No. Mom's boyfriend. Yeah. The one shacking up there, really. Yeah, that's what I think. Don't even know her middle initial How the fuck birthday. Are you date somebody for like three what, years, two, three years, and you don't know their middle name, not and you don't know their last name? Oh fuck, it's fucked. Like, sir, I think you'd leave me. Like, I think after this ordeal, you'd just be like, I would be offended. Really, you you don't know any of that? Like, pack your shit. <laughs> Like, do you know anything, Steve? Because I don't think you do. No. He's, he seems to have a real drinking problem. Yeah. But he gets up, he lets them in, and then he goes back upstairs. We'll talk about that in a second. And then Shad and Taylor go downstairs. They bring out some, well, Shad brings out some dog collars, choke chains. Mm-hmm. And then that's whenever she loses her shit and decides to choke him. And then dismember him while molesting him, sucking and cutting. Yeah, that's just... Oh my god, look she said that. <laughs> like, ma'am, what'd you just say? I don't even know what to do but laugh because it's uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. But anyways, so I guess the only thing she ate during that whole time was Jolly Rancher. Mm. She said that she didn't do any more drugs during this, but didn't she also say that she did, like, 51 hits of meth? (laughs) So, I'm not really sure, but I'm pretty sure if you were, which I'm sure you were, but if you were doing more meth, I'm sure you didn't count 51 hits. No. I'm sure that's not accurate, but anyways, so she does all this, she cuts his head off, and his dick and balls all together and she stuck it in like a five gallon bucket because she wanted to take it with her that was like her prized possession from that so weird 
it really is. And then she, like, cut the rest of him up, put a leg in the crock pot box in the car and all this. But anyway, she, she got kind of freaked out and she started rushing and she got sloppy and lazy and she kept nodding off during all this, probably because of all the meth and shit and all the other drugs. Uh, yeah. So she ended up getting freaked out and dipping out. And that's what led us to Tara finding her son's head in the bucket. She heard the door slam when that Taylor left. I, I agree. Horrifying. I, I really cannot agree. imagine. I. Oh. I would be in a padded room right now. I'm not going to lie. poor lady. Yeah. I agree. So, we need to get rid of that boyfriend. Yeah, I agree with that, too. Like, Steve is not a winner. No. I don't think. Not, no chicken dinner there. No. Mm-mm. So, Steve and Tara called the cops on the 23rd early morning, I guess. And... Yeah, the rest of the story. She gets caught at Steve Tom's apartment, literally with blood on her hands and caked on her sweatpants. Red-handed. Literally, literally. literally. I mean, she admits it. She, how? How are you going to hide it? Why lie? I mean, very direct approach. I don't agree with her, but I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, one of the things that, that is just so weird to me, I keep talking about how it's like everyone in this story has an issue. Yeah. Like, and that's one of the things I like is there's there's no one perfect in this story. Oh, no. This is real. This is real. This is not some rich motherfucker that's getting on the news because some trauma happened and he's rich. This is This is real. Unfortunately. But... During the trial, Steve really made me wonder what the fuck really happened. Yeah. So he kind of has a bit of a don't-give-a-shit attitude on the stand anyways. He really does, because at one time I remember, I forgot who was talking to him, which story it was, but they was like, Chad comes over there. And he's like, yeah, I just see his mom. More like, more than less his mom. Yeah. Like, you don't come yeah, see me. Like, and he laughs about it like he don't give a shit. So I definitely don't think they had, like, a good... It doesn't seem like they had a good relationship. No. Or like, have a relationship at all. Because he was living with his dad. Yeah. Even though a lot of people would, like... He was living with his mom. Not really. He was just coming over there to hang out and see his little sister. And Well, not little sister, but Tina, younger sister. And Tina said... Well, it's kind of weird that he would do laundry over there, and we got to thinking about it. No, not really, because the washer could be broke. He may not have a washer at his dad's. His dad has a history, too. Yeah. I don't know if he's living... He could be living in some little, you know, trailer with no working water lines or something. Yeah, yeah, you don't know. know. So, it it does kind of make sense to go over there and do his laundry, especially if... He's got that option. Mm-hmm. He can see his sister and his mom and do laundry and be around, I guess, be around friends. Because I guess he had people come stay over every now and then, according to Ava. Yeah. So, I mean, he'd spend some time over there. But Steve is disconnected somewhere. Yeah. He's... Okay, the cop already says that, that he notices that Steve had been drinking that night. That he called. Mm-hmm. He can notice it right off the bat. Whether no, they're, no, they're saying I, I don't know if they're in shock, but it's, 
yeah, they, they were, uh, he appeared to be drinking uh, alcohol, but other than that, I think, yeah, there was nothing out of the ordinary at the time. One of the things that Steve says on the stand is that he had met Taylor several times. Yeah, he did. And then didn't he turn around and say he only met her one time before yeah. or something like that? Yeah, actually, let me just play this for you. It's It's got a little length to it, but I'm going to play it for you because this is, this is crazy. My name is Stephen Hendricks. And then, sir, if you could move up a little closer to the microphone so we can Stephen hear Stephen Hendricks. All right, and with that, Mr. Saunders, the witness is yours. All right. Um, is it okay if I uh, refer to you as Steve? Yes. Okay. Um, Steve, how old are you? 50. Okay. And uh, where do you live? Uh, Green Bay. Okay. And uh, do you still live on Stony Brook Lake? Yes. And, and that's in uh, Green Bay. What area of Green Bay is that? West Side. All right. How long have you lived at uh, Stony Brook Lane? Uh, almost three years. Uh, and uh, who uh, do you live there with? Uh, Tara. And what's Tara's last name? Packinet. And uh, are you in a, a relationship with uh, Tara? Yes. All right. And uh, how long has that been? Almost three years. Okay. Uh, and that's, I guess, why you, you live at that house now? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, does anyone else live at that house? Uh, part-time Ava. Okay. And who's, who's Ava? Uh, Tara's daughter. Right. And uh, is she uh, still a, a juvenile? Yes. Uh, did uh, Tara have any other children who uh, on occasion would be at the house? Yes. And who is that? Shad. And Shad, uh, was that her son? Yes. And did he live there full-time, part-time? I guess, what was that arrangement? Uh, it was partially when he wanted to eat, change, or do his laundry and whatnot. Okay. Um, and I guess looking in, in, like, February of 2022, by that point, was Shad an, an adult? Yes. Um, so I want to ask you, Steve, about February 21st, 2022. Um, it was a Monday. Do you, do you recall the date I'm talking about? Yes. Uh, and on that date... Uh, was uh, or were you still living uh, at the Stony Brook Lane house with Tara? Yes. Um, on that date, did uh, you uh, have uh, contact with Shad on that day? Yes. Okay. And I guess what happened uh, on the 21st? Well, the 21st during the day, um, it depends what you're referring to. There's several different occasions. Um, at some point, did you and uh, and Tara go to dinner? Yes. And who did you go to dinner with? With Shad. And do you remember where you went? Uh, courthouse Bar and Grill. Uh, is that also in Green Bay? Yes, east side. Uh, do you remember what time you would have gone to dinner? It was during the day, um, three years maybe. I'm not positive. but. Okay. Uh, and then uh, were you there for a little, a little bit of time? Yes. Uh, do you remember uh, what you did after dinner was done? Um, I believe we went home. Uh, and what time would that have been, if you remember? I'm not positive. It's still light out. All right. And uh, you went home. Do you mean the Sony Brooklyn house? Yes. Uh, and what happened when you got back to that house? Um, I don't recall, but I remember Shad leaving. I'm not sure. Did you see uh, who Shad left with? 
Yes. And who is that? That was Taylor. And did you know uh, who Taylor was prior to that day? I, I met her several times. And I guess how did you, you know, meet her? I guess what was um, that? Through Shad. Would she come over to the house? Um, well, there was only one time prior that she was at the house, but they weren't in the house. So it was just sort of in passing you would have contact well, with Taylor? Yes, we were. I pulled in a driveway and they were trying to break into the house. Okay. Uh, so uh, you had known Taylor prior to February 21st? Uh, just that one occasion. Oh. And uh, they left uh, the Stony Brook house, is that right? Yes. Uh, did you see how they left the house? No, I did not. Was Shad driving at that time? Um, I, I don't believe so. His truck was in the pound. All right, so he didn't have a vehicle? No, not at the time. Uh, and I, I know it's a, it's a while ago. Do, do you remember what time they would have left the house? Not exactly. Um, by that point, was it dark out or still light? I, I believe it was still light out. All right. And... Um, At any point uh, that night, did, did Shad uh, return to the home? About one in the morning, two in the morning, somewhere around there. Um, so one or two in the morning, would that have been then into the, the morning of the 22nd? Sure. All right. And uh, what happened when Shad got home in the morning? Well, he rang the doorbell six, seven times in a row. That's his little key, I guess. <laughs> uh, and uh, did you uh, open the door for him? Yes. What door uh, did they enter through? Um, we only use the back door of our place because that's where the driveway is. So that's the only door we use. So the, the door that sort of is next to the it's driveway? On the side. It's on the side of the house, yes. Right. Do you use the front door? No, not really. Okay. Is that uh, kind of it's blocked? kind of blocked. It's kind of blocked off. We have junk in front of it. So uh, is it that you know whenever people are entering or leaving uh, it's that always home? This, it's always the back side door. And so uh, Shad kind of rings the doorbell six, seven times, you said, is that right? Yeah. Was anyone with him? Yes. Who? Taylor. Uh, and did you see how they had arrived at the home? No, I did not. I just opened the door. And uh, what happened when you opened the door for him? They came in and went right downstairs. Um, in that time, in that 1 or 2 a.m. on the 22nd there, did you notice anything out of the ordinary behavior-wise with either Shad or Taylor? No. You had you previously had um, contact with Taylor, right? Yes. Anything different from that time versus the prior times you met with her? No. Um, when she came over earlier in the day to pick up Shad, um, did you have contact with Taylor then? Yes, she came in the halls. Sort of asked the same questions. Was there any kind of odd behaviors that you were observing? No. So then when Taylor and Chad then go into the basement, how do you get to the basement from that door, that storm door? Straight down the steps. So it's right by the door. The door continues to go down. If you take a left right at the top, you'll go into the kitchen. But if you go straight down, it goes to the basement. Uh, so they go right down there. What do you do? I'm, I went back upstairs. I went back to bed. So I want to ask a few questions then about the the layout of the home. Okay. Uh, so the uh, area that you're talking about, the door, is that on the main level? Yes. Um, are there any uh, bedrooms on that level of the home? Yes. Uh, and who is using those bedrooms? Um, 
one of them is just a empty room, an empty bed that Shaq keeps his stuff in, and then Ava's room. Okay. That's on the main level. Uh, your room and uh, Tara's room, I should ask first, do you share a room? Yes, it's and on where the second is, floor. Okay, that's on the second floor. Yes. Are there any other rooms on the second floor of the home? No, it's just a long hall, closet space, and then a bedroom. Okay. So after they go to the basement that morning, you go back up to the uh, to your room? Second floor, yes. All right. And do you go back to sleep? Um, I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, after that point, uh, do you have any other uh, contact with Shad? No, it was the last time I seen him. And that was 1 or 2 a.m. on the 22nd? Yes. Um, what about uh, Taylor? Had you had any contact with Taylor after that point? Um, at one point I was in the kitchen and she had come upstairs and I borrowed her a pair of reading glasses. Do you remember when that was? It was about 9.30 a.m. Is it the same uh, day that you're talking about? Yes. Would that be the 22nd? Be the 22nd, yes. Okay. So you're in the kitchen about 9.30 in the morning and Taylor uh, comes in the kitchen? Yeah. Uh, and I guess the kitchen, is that right off of those stairs? It's right off the stairs, yes. And I guess what happens when Taylor comes into the kitchen there? Nothing. She did. asked if I had a pair of glasses. I had a pair. I wear readers and I buy them by the case because I lose everything. Uh, and then I guess did did you take those classes? Yeah. Okay. I guess were they like what kind of classes were they? They're just black black glasses, black frame readers. They're just cheaters. But like a black is it like a thicker frame? No, not really. But just like more than a, a wire frame? Yeah, it's just the black plastic, but they're not like super thick. Okay. Um, and during that. Uh, time you, you had contact with Taylor there. Um, did you notice anything out of the ordinary? No. A any sort of odd behaviors or anything like that? Not that I was aware of. Right. Uh, so then the rest of that day, the 22nd there, um, what are what are you doing throughout that day? Um, <laughs> arguing with Tara. Okay. Uh, so you had a little bit of uh, an argument throughout the day? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Did you leave the home at any point? Y yes, I did. And uh, I guess at any point during that day, do you go into the basement? No. All right. Uh, and uh, you left the residence. Um, how long after that 9.30 a.m. time uh, do you think you left the home? Well, it wasn't far after that, about uh, 40 minutes after that maybe. Uh, and then how long were you gone for? About six hours. So uh, you got back to the home sometime in the late afternoon? Probably, yeah. That's it. And uh, when you uh, got home, I guess, what is that evening like? Um, I really couldn't say. I, I was out drinking, and I came home and passed out. Okay. Anything, you know, out of the ordinary that you remember seeing? No. Okay. Still aren't going in the basement at any point? No. Uh, I then want to ask about uh, the following, I guess, morning uh, time. Uh, do you remember anything happening of notes in the that early morning of the 23rd? Except for when I was woken up, you mean, other than that? Yeah, so were no. you woken up on that time? I was woken up, yes. And can you t uh, tell me what happened with that? 
Tara had woken me up and uh, said she uh, thinks she found Chad, her son's, that's how she put it, I found my son's head in a bucket. So I'm dumbfounded. Didn't believe her. Thought she was having a mental issue or something. Sure. So uh, do you remember what time this would have been? It was had to be about between two, two and three in the morning. I know it was it was the middle of the night. Uh, and you, you said you were woken up. Uh, were you sleeping in that room up in the second floor? Yes. Uh, and uh, Tara had woken you up. Yes, after she heard her door slam. Uh, is that something you heard, or that's information I, Tara's I, telling? I don't recall if I heard it, but I know that I woke up a little bit when she got up. Uh, and at some point, she comes back and tells you. Yes. Some information? Yes. What do you do then? I go down. I go downstairs and see what the hell she's talking about. And uh, I can't see anything, so uh, we go back upstairs and contemplate what the heck to do. Um, so what, I guess what do you do specifically when you go downstairs? Um, I went to the basement and observed a bucket that she said, but I, I, I don't know, my mind blocked it out, but all I seen was like hair, like an animal or something. I didn't know what the heck. Um, the bucket that you remember seeing, is that typically located right next to the stairs there? No. It just happened to be there that day. Um, so after you see that stuff in the basement, contemplate what to do, I think you yeah, said? Yeah, we go back up to the side floor bedroom. And, uh, I called the police station, and it took me a while to get through. I didn't call 911 because I wasn't sure what, what was going on yet at this point. Um, if, you know, it's a, a ways away, but if, if you can remember, from when you kind of remember getting woke up when, when Tara got up to yeah. the time you call uh, the police, are you able to approximate how long a time we're talking about? Within 30 minutes, I, was, I can't really say exactly, but it was within 30 minutes. I mean, okay. she woke me up, went downstairs, went back upstairs, and then it took me about 10 minutes to get through to the, because I didn't call 911, I called the police department. Okay. You got through to a, a dispatcher at some point? Yes. So uh, after that um, point, uh, did officers uh, arrive at your home? Yes, two uniform officers. Uh, did you uh, speak with them about sort of what you uh, observed? Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and did you go down to the, the police department then and speak further with officers? Um, well, they had us put our phones on the table and then uh, waited for, I think they asked us to the Green Bay Police Department okay. at that time. Thank you, Steve. Uh, nothing further, Your Honor. Cross-examination, Mr. Fralick. Mr. Hendricks, good morning. 
Good morning. Um, <clears throat> Shad Therian um, is the son of your girlfriend, Tara Pakanich, correct? Yes. He's not your son, right? Right. And he he wasn't living at the 829 Stony Brook Lane property um, in February of 2022, was he? No. He lived with his father, Michael Therian, correct? Correct. He would come over to the residence on Stony Brook to eat, take a shower, do laundry, things like that? Sure. And to come and visit you and Tara, his mom? Well, more more Tara. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, but you, you knew him, right? Yes. <clears throat> um, you had only met uh, Taylor Shabizis one time before? Prior, prior to that, yes. Okay. And that was a brief meeting, is that correct? Yes. And, sir, was it your understanding that Taylor Shabizis um, went to high school and maybe middle school with Shad Therian? That was my understanding. And that they went to high school at Bayport together, correct? I understood that, yeah. Um, the last time you saw Shad Therian was when? About 2 o'clock in the morning on Monday night, going into Tuesday. Uh, February 21st of 2022? 22nd, it was one of them. Okay. On that Monday? I believe so, Monday. And Monday did, was it, sir, was it your testimony that you um, went to the courthouse, courthouse bar and grill in Green Bay with with uh, your girlfriend, Tara Pakinich, and then with Shad Therian? Yeah, yes. Okay. You had some dinner there, correct? Um, yes. Okay. Appetizers. Okay. Some some drinks. Yep. And then uh, you came back home to Stony Brook. Yes. And then, at some point, did Shad um, leave the residence? Then. Yes. Do you know what time? Not exactly. It's still light out. Okay. Was it your understanding that uh, Shad was picked up by someone? Yes. Who was that? Uh, Taylor. Okay. So she picked him up and they left together? Yes. Was anybody else with him? Not that I know of, no. Okay. Um, and then you didn't see him again? Not until uh, late, late, late that night. On uh, February 22nd of 2022? Yeah, I think that's where it would be 22nd by then because it was after midnight. Yeah. Okay. So you heard some pounding on the side door? No, I heard the doorbell ring six times. Okay. That's kind of his... Uh, Clue to be let in, correct? Yeah, <laughs> it was key. And so then you came down, you opened the door? Yes. And is it your testimony that uh, Taylor Shabizis and um, Shad Therian then went right down the basement? Yes. And you were tired, so you went back upstairs to bed, right? I went upstairs, yes. Yeah. Um, when the, you remember when the police came to your house on February, February 23rd of 2022, correct? Yes. Um, you were waiting for them, correct? Yes. You're the one that actually called 911? Yes. I didn't call 911. I called the police department. Okay. You called the Green Bay Police Department, non emergency line? Non emergency line, yes. Okay. And then uh, you asked to have someone come over? Yep. And then do you recall meeting with uh, an officer or officers at two, the door? Yes, two officers. Okay. And that's at that side door, correct? Correct. And the side door to the house is. Like right by the driveway, correct? Correct. Now, on this particular night, uh, there were vehicles in the driveway, correct? Correct. Whose vehicles were they, sir? Uh, Tara's and mine. Okay. What kind of car do you have? I have a Forester. Okay. Uh, and Tara? She has a Volkswagen. Okay. And they were parked 
like um, off the side door in the driveway? Yes, in the driveway, yes. Any other vehicles in the driveway? No, not that I'm aware of. Okay. And uh, then you talked to the uh, officers, correct? Yes. And you told them what, what you knew, or is that correct? Yes, and then they went down and took a look themselves. Okay. They, they went down in the basement? Yep. And where did you go? I sat at the table where okay. they told us not to, not to move. Okay, and you followed directions, correct? Yes. And where was uh, Tara Pakinich? Was she She's sitting right at the table? Okay. Yes. And uh, when did Ava Wheelock get up? Uh, I didn't even know she was there at the time. And uh, right around that, right around the time they came, over here, they came over, I didn't realize she was even there yet. Okay. Did she uh, come and sit at the kitchen table as well? Yes. Okay. Um, do you uh, do you have issues with your vision? A little bit. If, if you don't have glasses on, do you have a hard time seeing? Yes. Okay. Glasses help, right? Yeah, for reading, yes. Okay, sure. If you don't have the glasses on, is it difficult to see real far? No. Okay. Um, are you, can you see, are you nearsighted or farsighted? I'm just uh, getting old. Okay. <laughs> but as far as, uh, like, as far as you can see, uh, just, can you give me, like, a just distance? Wor just words are blurry. Other than that, I can see you just fine. Okay. Um, and on this particular night, February 23rd of 2022, when you went down the, the stairs, sir, yeah. you didn't have any cheaters or glasses, right? No. Everything was kind of blurry? Yeah. And you thought that maybe Tara Pakinich was seeing things, is that correct? Um, having mental issues, I don't know if she was hallucinating or anything like that. It's just I got woke up out of dead sleep, and I'm just I'm tripping out now. You were pretty stressed out, fair? Well, well yeah. Picks me up crying, telling me she found her son's head in the bucket. Yeah, a little disturbing. When when you were uh, when she was trying to wake you up, you, were you in a dead sleep? Not not really. I mean, I was sleeping, but I was aware that I needed to get up. And didn't he say like sure a lot of times? Yeah, kind of like nonchalant, yeah, like, like sure, sure, yeah. like whatever, whatever is kind of the vibe I got from yeah. it. Well, do you know or do you not know? I mean, like, like they said at one point, you went back upstairs because you were tired. Sure. What do you like, mean, is, sure? Is the, it yes, you did, or yes, you didn't? It just, no, it comes no off, you didn't. It comes off kind of arrogant to me. Yeah. It, it's fucked up. And another thing is he, he seems so unsure of so many things. He's yeah. sure, whatever, blah, well, I don't know. I don't know what time. Yeah, I guess it was light. You know, he's not very specific, but he remembers seeing Taylor at 9.30 in the morning in the kitchen. Did you notice that? I don't know if I remember that. Yeah. Whenever she asked for a pair of readers. Oh, glasses, okay, yeah. He remembers seeing her at 9.30 in the morning. Has she already killed Shad at that time? Yes. She was up there getting the glasses to magnify what she could see because she had already started cutting up his body. Oh. Did hmm. she not have blood on her? Well, if he had been drinking, he probably wouldn't notice it. I don't know. Okay, and... Like, a lot of things what, don't make sense to me in this case. What about yeah. the fact that she had been doing all this meth... 
she had been doing all these drugs. She nodded out while sucking and cutting. Okay, like she, she was out of her fucking mind, right? There's yeah. no, she had been up for over 24 hours at this point and all this shit. How do you not notice that someone is on drugs? Or are you ignoring it because you have issues too, or you know of the issues and you're overlooking it on purpose? Do hmm. you know about stuff already going on? Maybe not about the murder, but you're like, oh, they're down there doing meth. Yeah. You called the non-emergency number. You did not call 911. There's a discrepancy of how long it took. And then one time the mom let the cat down the basement use yes. the litter box. I don't still get it. Like, how, did you not see anything down there? I, right. Or did you just open the door and just be like, go kitty, use the bathroom, and shut the door? So, if the cat has free reign of the house, is the basement the only litter box? Uh, well, I mean, we got several litter boxes, so yeah. I don't know. I mean, we've got less than we're supposed to have. You're supposed to have one litter box per cat plus one. So, we have six cats. We should have seven litter boxes. We're slacking. We have three. But... Two of our cats stay outside most of the time. True. And... We clean them out every day. Yeah. So it, you know, it, it helps. I don't know. I hope I'm not nose blind, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, anyways. So if the cat has free reign, it, it should have wonder, another litter box. It makes me wonder if the, if, if she, whenever she claimed that she let the cat down there to go to the bathroom or whatever, if the cat was just like walking down there and sees her cutting up his body and it's like, mm. I gotta go shit. <laughs> that would be like a cat, yeah, honestly. Like, mm, like, okay. Alright, well, I'm gonna go over here and shit. You do your thing, and then I'm gonna go on back upstairs and leave you alone. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, because you don't know, like, does the cat scratch on the door? Because our cats will scratch on the door yeah, and get they let do. out. They do. And maybe, maybe it was Tara letting the cat in that spooked Taylor into wanting to get cleaned up and leave. So it is possible that she didn't go all the way down there and look around, but I want to say, I'm going to have to look at the picture again. Wasn't the door at the bottom of the stairs, too? Uh, I'm not very sure. I don't know. I don't think so. Okay, so the bottom may or may not have had a door. But it may or may not have been open either. So she could have just opened the door at the top of the stairs, let the cat in, mm -hmm. and shut the door. She may or may not have gone down the stairs. Yeah. But she did go down the stairs after she heard the door slam to make sure that Shad wasn't still there to turn the lights off if he wasn't. Mm. It's still um, weird. It, well, maybe Taylor left because... The mom opened the door to let the cat to use the bathroom. And it spooked her. And it's, yeah, that makes sense. And she's like, oh, fuck. I gotta get this cleaned up and go because she may come down here. You know, I, I don't know. I, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. It's weird. It's very weird. Back off the cat and Tara. Back to Steve. He, he claimed that he knew Taylor. Like, he had met her several times before, although she had only been to the house once before. Yeah. 
And then he immediately backtracked and was like, no, I, I didn't know her. Like, I'd only met her that either, one time. Either you knew her or you didn't. Yeah, like, what is going on here? There is fucking weird. Well, you don't really seem like he knows anything. No, he, hell, he don't even know if he's in a dead sleep or not. He says that he was woke up from a dead sleep one minute, and then he fucking said that he wasn't dead asleep. Yeah, which one is it, Steve? Yeah, pick one, man, pick one. So, obviously, Steve is this fucking idiot mooching off of this family. So, we've already kind of established that he just doesn't know what the fuck is going on. He's just a drunk motherfucker. That's it. Yeah, because didn't all this happen? Didn't him and Tara get into like some kind of little altercation? Yeah, they they leaves, had a fight that morning that leaves, she saw. And he goes to a, he saw Taylor a bar in the kitchen. or something. Yeah. And he went drinking for like six hours or so. I mean, maybe he went to a bar, and she could only assume that he had been drinking because yeah. he said that he had been drinking. But anyways. Ava, on the other hand, said on the stand that... That Shad's sister. Yeah, Shad's sister said that Taylor was Shad's best friend from, like, middle high school. I think she said high school. May have been middle school, too. But said that they were best friends. So, she... If they were best friends, they had to have been, like, right Close. Each, yeah. Especially if she knew her. So, something just doesn't really add up there. Like, how close were they? Mm. And speaking of how close were they, let's talk about some of the statements from the victim impact. Okay. Yeah. First, I want to talk about Shad's uncle. Yeah, what was his uncle's name? Kelly Therion. This dude, I mean, he spoke from his heart. He really did. Like, you could feel the anger in him. You could feel that he's not going to just forgive her, but he's a no-bullshit kind of guy. Yeah. He definitely reminded me of, like, an old wrestler. He did. Because he was kind of, like, buff, like he had been working out. And and he said he had gone through his own addiction, too. Yeah. But and he got help and got clean, did Exactly. He not? And that's what he said, that she made the wrong choices. Mm-hmm. It's sad, but she's got to live with it now. Exactly. So he, he was right on point. I'll just play what he said. If you could just uh, tell me your name first, sir. Kelly Therian. Chad's uncle. I basically just wanted to say that there's no excuse for what you had done. I don't care if it's drugs or upbringing, you know. We all go through hard times growing up, at least the majority of us have. You have the opportunity to change that. You have the opportunity to, you know, see that you have a problem. There's, you know, I've been in recovery a little over three years. In AA, I drank for 41 years. I realized I had a problem. Um, so there's just, basically to me, you took the easy way out. It's, uh, you did the most cowardly, weakest things that you could do possible. You know, you, you meet a person in school, you say he's your friend, you become friends, you become girlfriend, boyfriend, lovers, gain his trust of an innocent person that's very kind, 
would do anything for you. And I believe you used that and you had this plan and took your opportunity when you did. There's no excuse, you know, I don't see it no other way. Um, to take advantage of someone's kindness like that, that's like the most irritating thing for me. You know, you get to know somebody and they trust you and then you do that. You say, and then you, you say that you're a friend, you're his friend, you said that in the statements. It's like, man. But you know, I walked into a program and it's free. You know, you can go get help and it's free. All over the place there's help. And it doesn't cost a dime, you know. It's either, and the first thing they tell you in there, you know, you want to continue doing what you're doing. It's going to be jails, institution, or death. And you chose that path, and you chose the wrong path. They sit here talking about being rehabilitated. Is, is, is Shad's mother going to ever rehabilitate from this? No, but you can go to an institution, you can go to prison and try to be really rehabilitated, but I don't see no reason why you'd have parole after the doctor had just mentioned once you have so much damage that it's irreversible. You know, so why would... <laughs> don't make no sense to me even to have the option of parole to come back and gain someone's trust like that again. You know, because that is like the lowest thing a person can do. You know what I mean? I just don't understand that. And the biggest thing is, you know, it, like I said, you know, the help is free and it's there. You chose not to take, you know, you, I'm sure you knew you had a problem, you know. You can't blame it on childhood. You know, there's help out there. And if you take the path to go get the help, you wouldn't be in this situation right now. None of us would be in this situation. But to take the cowardly path that you did, and to make other people suffer because you are suffering is pretty shitty. So that name Taylor Ship Business fits you well. And I'm not a praying man, but after Judge Walsh's sentences today, I will pray that you meet the same fate as your idolistic Jeffrey Dahmer. So have a good life, Ship Business. Shit business was fucking hilarious. It was. That was the, perfect. Uh, like, the idolizing about her so-called yeah, hero. Yeah, idolizing Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. Hope, hope she ends up just like him. Yeah. Yeah. Just like her hero. Me meets the yeah. same fate, I believe it was. Yeah. For those of you who don't know what happened to Jeffrey Dahmer, Google it. You'll, uh, you'll be interested to see how karma works. Yeah. Yeah, you fuck around and find out. Yeah. Can't really? fuck. You can't fuck around like that. You just can't. So I, I kind of expected his testimony to feel like that. Mm -hmm. I expect testimonies to be like that. I was a little surprised that there was only like two. Yeah. But the other one did not want to be on camera. However, mm -hmm. we did hear it. And that was Shad's dad, Michael Therion. Yeah. I was really surprised about his. He forgave her? Yeah, I was 
I was really shocked by that. He was like, yeah, I hope she gets can get out in the future. And I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I get that she's young. She's like yeah. she's young. She's got her whole life ahead of her. But she fucked up majorly in a way that you can't fix. Yeah, you can't. You can't bring him back. The only thing you can do at this point is accept that you've got to go to prison for the rest of your life and then do something from there. I don't know. I guess he just has a very forgiving heart. Couldn't be me, though. I hold grudges. You know what? Let me just play it real quick. Okay, if you could just, sir, before you start, if you just state your name for the record. Michael Therian. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Taylor, I just wanted to say that uh, I forgive you for what you've done to my son. And, uh, yeah, you made a bad choice, and now you have to live with it. Uh, but, you know... I'm gonna miss Shad. He was a he was a wonderful child too. Growing up, just mild mannered and just happy and and uh, I know you made a bad choice and and uh, like I said, I forgive you and and I'm gonna ask Judge if he can you know if she can see the streets again sometime you know it, it may not be soon but uh, I believe I believe everybody. Uh, Makes bad choices and maybe not to the scale, but uh, I think there's a lot of hope for you. I think you know you can make use of your time and be a better person and uh, do great things. Yeah, you know. So it does no good for me to hate you. You know. Uh, I know. I know you got a heart. I know you got a mind. I wish you no harm, and I and I hope things. I hope things go well for you. That's all I got to say. Okay, thank you. Okay, the only thing I can say, they had to have been fucking. I don't know about that, but like. How are you going to forgive? Like, you were fucking your son's fuck buddy or you something. Think so. Yeah. Like, how are you going to forgive someone that kills your son? Could yeah, you forgive? I, I don't okay, fucking know. I can't okay. forgive nobody. And, I don't okay. care. Like I said, it, I hold grudges. Oh, okay. So, nobody. It didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Nobody. Ever. Not even me. Being together? Mm-mm. Mm, no, Sorry. I, I don't blame you. I, I, I don't couldn't. blame you. And I understand. I know you're supposed to forgive forgiveness. It's but, the Christian mm. thing. Forgive and forget. It's healthy to forgive and move on. I get that. But this didn't happen that long ago. And she took his fucking life. Like, did she ever apologize for doing it? No. Because I know and she that's didn't take this thing. Stand. Like, okay, maybe she was really out of her fucking mind on meth. Okay? Yeah. I'll give her that, because I believe she was. But when did she ever sober up and say, oh my god, she's I can't believe I did this. She's never saying, like, sympathetic, because the whole time no. during the trial, Smiling. she was smirking. And, and like tell that. me she's on drugs now. And tell me she's on drugs like she was at that time. No, she is just blatantly fucking evil. Yeah. It's crazy. I feel like she would have made 
a statement or says something, be like, I want to apologize to the family for all the hurt I've caused. And something. She, nothing, nothing. Nothing at all. And I've seen that the spit mask, the underwear she had on her face, yeah. it was because she was spitting on people in the jail. Two things. First, I don't know if that's really true. I kind of still feel like it's to hide emotion because she was showing so much smiling and stuff. Mm -hmm. And two, if she was spitting on people in jail again, this this is more than just meth. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I don't get it. You should have never. You should never touch drugs because you seem like you have enough issues without drugs. Yeah. Well. She definitely got what she deserved. I agree. So, she has life, no chance of parole. She will be locked up until the day she dies. Good. Now, I'm sorry for her son, but you'll make it, man. Be an advocate against stuff like this. Mm -hmm. Turn it around and, and make something good of yourself, because it sounds like you've got the tools down there. It sounds like your family's got you. Mm-hmm. Well, that's about all I have about shit, shit business. Yeah. So, I guess until the next time. Yeah, sorry it took so long to get this out. Yeah, we kept rewatching stuff, and then yeah, poor Winnie and her surgery. Hopefully, we'll get back on to schedule. Yeah, I'll do my best. I'm gonna try to come up with some uh, stories that I don't go so into, so uh, I can get a little bit of more content out for you guys hopefully the next one won't take a month uh yeah i'm gonna do my best tina has been on top of me with a fucking whip yeah. so i oh, hear really? it every no i, I do <laughs> i hear it every day you need to record you need to record i know so over here. yeah so she has been calling me out on my shit and trying to get me on track the only reason we've been so off track is trying to really revamp everything we're doing Working on a new intro and outro, yeah. dealing with the cat having cancer, and it's just a bunch of shit. Mm -hmm. But until next time, bye. See ya.